commemorative coin. Good morning, Kansas City. Good morning, everybody. 501. 610 Sports Radio, Run It Back Show with the sexiest guy in the world, Pete Sweeney. Mm, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Wow. Going to have a little bit of a present in your refrigerator after yesterday, but that's not the present that everybody got. No. Dusty like it's Pete Sweeney, Run It Back Show, 610 Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney, how are you this morning? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It is funny because a, a lot of times I, I think when a team wins – a championship in sports, you get the typical off-season cliche that is, you know, we've moved on, you know, we're, we're ready to maybe go ahead and do this again. And you think about it in the history of sports, how often are they able to get back to the title game in any sport? And here they are. It's that time of the year where the Chiefs win the AFC championship and head down to Florida just like last year, and here they go to run it back again. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those games in which where, you know, I guess everybody kind of had their nerves. Everybody had their, you know, suspicions. When I say everybody, I mean the national guys. They wanted to put, uh, you know, Josh Allen in the same category as Patrick Mahomes. You had the graphic where it said head coach goes to Andy Reid, defense goes to the Chiefs, quarterback, <laughs> receivers go to the Buffalo Bills, and then yours truly, Patrick Mahomes, after the game, tweets about it and yeah. just shows a you know, emoji of a thinking face. And it's like, that's kind of where we can start this off at, right? Because this is where this team literally executes so much better than everybody else. And I've, I've said this all year, Pete, I've said it on this show, on the run it back show. I've said on the red reaction show, I've done it when I filled in for everybody else. It just seems like when you piss this team off or you give them some sort of extra, you know, giddy up. They come out, they fire on all cylinders, and it starts with 15. And last night we saw that because the question going into the game was the turf toe. Was the, how's he feeling? What's he doing? Right. And then they come out and it's like, they kick the ball off. It starts off a little wishy-washy. It goes nine, nothing. And then all of a sudden it just started to click. And it was like, here they come. Here's the chiefs. And I don't know if you got that feeling, Mm -hmm. but I was telling everybody that I was at the house with, I said once the Bills got to nine and the Chiefs started rolling around, getting a 20-21 unanswered, I was almost to the point where I said the Bills may not score again. Yeah, to your point, as you were beginning there, you look at the final eight quarterbacks that were left in the playoffs in Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield, and, of course, Patrick Mahomes. And then you get to the final four, and we knew how it went. I think the commonality between Tom Brady – and Patrick Mahomes, who advanced yesterday, Brady in the NFC, Mahomes in the AFC. They have this, you, you guys forgot, you guys forgot, that gene, where people start chirping a little bit. For years, it's been, Brady, you're done. And for the past three years, with Patrick Mahomes as starter, it's been people trying to find other quarterbacks who are better. And they don't talk a lot about it prior to the game. That's not Patrick Mahomes' way. But just in one emoji with the yawn quote tweet of Hasselbeck's ESPN graphic that showed that the Bills had the edge at quarterback, you know he watches every single thing. They are aware of every single critique and criticism. And it motivates them. 
That is a Jordan trait and what can be described now as a Brady trait and a Mahomes trait. I think that if we go back and look at this game and we we react, obviously, to what we saw, as you'll you'll hear all day on, on 610 Sports Radio, you get the guys coming back tomorrow or this morning, 6 to 10. That'll be Fesco's group. They'll give you their version of this game. And, and I think that we can start here, Pete, is that the most important part of this game is obviously the health and the security that Patrick Mahomes has with this roster, with these guys. And I think the biggest part about this game was that there was a big, big time situation in this game where, where there was a big play where I felt like the momentum had a possibility where it could have shifted. And I give it the, the inception analogy where the top's spinning and it can go from reality to disaster in a matter of minutes. And that play was when McCole Hardman gets the punt, fumbles it on the one right after the Chiefs stopped the Bills, yep. forced him to punt. I believe it was a three and out. They had kind of brought back this team into this emotional support where they were starting to roll. McCole Hardman fumbles, and what got me is I'm kind of sitting there. I'm kind of like, man, that was big. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm worried that this is going to be the end of the run it back show. That's my first thought. I'm serious. No. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of half serious. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, you see McCall Hardman walk over to the bench, and the thing that I noticed is he threw the jacket over his head and just went into hiding. Yeah. And the first thing that happened was Tyreek Hill sits down next to him, and I don't know if it was Byron Pringle or somebody else, but they took the, the jacket off and were just like, hey, man, don't worry about it. And then Mahomes had this to say after the game in his press conference. Yeah, I mean, I just told him to keep his head up. I mean, we we had been, we've been in that situation before. Uh, so uh, I told him he's gonna make a play in this game that's gonna change the game, and he made multiple of them. So uh, we believe in each other. Uh, we we think that we we're gonna do whatever it takes to win, and those guys did that. This is where this starts. And and if you want to go back and watch the game and and break it down, do it. You want to go to the X and O's as you do that. This is where this team and this is where this. This, this dynasty that they're trying to build starts because that to me was the most important thing. And I'm talking to the girlfriend's brother and I said, this is what's kind of crazy about this. In other circumstances, you'll see other teams do this where you've seen Belichick do this several times where a guy will fumble or a guy will make a play that is, you know, heir apparent and they don't touch the ball. They don't see the game the rest of the game. They don't see any action the rest of the game. They're benched. They're done. And this was a situation unlike any other that I've really seen a head coach do because right after that, Hardman gets a play, a catch right away, get it out of his head. Then that drive, that same drive, Hardman goes in, scores a touchdown. What is one thing the Kansas City Chiefs do better than everybody else? They celebrate in the end zone in unison in a very choreographed form. Hardman got that touchdown, set the ball down, walked over to the sideline. It was business mentality. That's why this team is better than everybody else because they support each other. And when it gets really bad, they can just come right back and build the confidence all over again. Yeah. What I found interesting about that beginning sequence. And again, the whole year, it's been the same quote, run it back, run it back, run it back is it felt like a combination of last year's Texans game and Titans game in a sense that, man, everything was going wrong at the beginning of this game. Reminded me of the drops, and last year was the blocked and muffed punt. You had drops in this game, and the muffed punt you were just talking about. 
And the deficit wasn't 24. It was what should have been 10. With the missed extra point, it was 9. So that kind of related to the Titans game. And what I found different this year is that I think as a city, as a team, as a fan base, at least is how I felt, and you could weigh in here, I don't think that there was any panic that you felt going down 9 nothing. When maybe before last year and the way everything really transpired, you would have been a little bit nervous with a team like the Buffalo Bills who played well all year, won a lot of football games entering this game. They have the lead early on. Maybe they're going to dictate how this game goes, the script of the game. But this is the Chiefs. Nine is not going to do it. And you you sort of knew that in your gut. With that early, early, early lead, absolutely no panic, I think, from both the team and fan base. It just... I feel like you you said it right, like the 24-point deficit, and then you see this, you see how this team can react. You see in this game where even early on, there was like the Tyreek Hill drop, Kelsey had a drop, um, the fumble, and it's just even still, like I feel like two years ago, Chiefs fans would have gone to Twitter, would have gone to, you know, Facebook and yeah. been, you know, that type of play-by-play analytical Type of person. What are we doing? Yeah, here throw, we go. Throw, throw it away. Same cheese. Right. Yet again, here we are, and everybody just kind of sits back, goes up to the fridge, opens another beer, and says, well, it's early. We'll be okay. And that's exactly what it was. And the reason why it's like that and the reason why they continue to be successful like this is because of what you heard Mahomes say. Don't, don't let it bother you. You saw the actions on the sideline. Everybody last week wanted to say, oh, well, Tyree Kill pushed a coach. Then afterwards, it was nothing. It was just blown smoke. And it was they were just trying to get people fired up. Trust this team. Believe that this team knows what they're doing. And now they're going to play their second Super Bowl in two years. They just won their back-to-back AFC title game. The Lamar Hunt tr- trophy is not going anywhere. And this team is starting to become what a lot of people wanted to see. And that's the new dynasty of the NFL. What I think was especially incredible is that point of it being nine nothing Buffalo Bills, it was the only question because you blink and it's twenty one nine. And with the Bills and some of the decisions they were making, which I, I want to talk to you about a little bit later, there was never a question that this game was ever gonna go any direction other than that of the Kansas City Chiefs. Because again, you blink again. And it's 38-15. to So even though the Bills mustered up some kind of aggressive comeback toward the end, it was just way, 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 way too late. And I came away from this game, and I just felt like it was a dominant performance by Kansas City, especially with the early mistakes. And, Dusty, here's the crazy thing. This was the best the AFC had to offer. This Bills team. And in my opinion, the Chiefs kind of embarrassed them last night. And so what does this mean for the future? of the AFC and NFL. The Chiefs are going to be right there every single year, and they clearly, clearly have the league's top quarterback. Speaking of the league's top quarterback, what he said, what Andy Reid, Brett Veach, Clark Hunt, and Travis Kelsey all said after the game, we play those for you next here on the Run It Back Show on 610 Sports Radio with Pete Sweeney, myself, Dusty Likens. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. One more snap. Mahomes goes to a knee. The trophy still.
stays here because the Lamar Hunt Trophy stays anchored in the hearts of everyone who shares Lamar Hunt's vision. The Chiefs Kingdom captures the trophy and it stays here. Yes, the Chiefs are back-to-back AFC champions. And the Super Bowl 54 champions are ready to run it back. They are headed to Super Bowl 55 as a road team to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chiefs win the AFC Championship 38, Buffalo 24. That sexy voice is Mitch Holtz. I don't know how to get you more amped up for a victory Monday. I'm calling everybody sexy. Today. Everybody's sexy today, Pete. Nobody's as sexy anybody, as you, though. Anybody? Oh, thank you. No, you, you take the cake. Thank you. But appreciate that. That is Mitch Holtis. That's mm. the final call that you could have heard on 106.5 The Wolf. You can hear Mitch Holtis on Fridays at 7.30 with the group of Josh Klingler, Bob Fesco, and Ryan Wachowski of Fesco in the Morning. I'll tell you this, man. That call and those types of calls are going to get old for everybody else except this area. Because as we ended that last segment where it comes to that's the best the AFC had to offer. And let me tell you something, Jack. <laughs> they were going to do this to Cleveland until Mahomes left that game. Because that game was 19-3. to Yeah. And just like everybody says, when everybody you know comes back and they say, Wow, this this Chiefs team really reminds me of of the Golden State Warriors. They completely Golden State Warriored the Buffalo Bills last night because the Bills are up nine nothing, and then they looked up at the scoreboard and they were like, "When did we go down twenty one to nine? And that's where it all starts. And I know guys like Andy Reid and and Brett Veach, the, the masterminds that built this team, and guys like Kelsey and Mahomes and Tyree Kill, the 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 next. Uh, the next dynamic trios we'll get into a little bit later on this show. That's where it all starts, man. And if that's the best that you've got, it's going to be a long next two to three years for everybody else in the AFC. Well, I think you've seen the previous two weeks where analysts on both of the networks are eager to find reasons to poke holes in the Chiefs and pick the Browns and pick the Bills. You're getting into that villainy territory, and you'll definitely have, I think, people outside the area pulling for the Chiefs this week because a lot of people don't want to see Tom Brady get his seventh Super Bowl. But this is about it. The Chiefs were able to beat Tom Brady and win their second straight Super Bowl. You are now officially the villain. People are going to get tired of seeing the same team winning. And then the challenge becomes overcoming that. But that's for another day. We today are celebrating the AFC title for this team and this city and you heard in the call that the trophy stays here. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Chiefs, of course, talking about the Lamar Hunt Trophy. The organization had never won the Lamar Hunt Trophy before last year, and now they've won two. Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, spoke to the media last night and was asked the biggest difference between last year and this year. Uh, this year is, is definitely different uh, than last year. In a lot of ways, uh, last year... Uh, was the finish line for a quest that we'd been on for literally 50 years. And, uh, you know, the, the, that, that first time that you achieve what you set out to achieve will, will always be that special. Uh, but what I remember about last year was getting to lift that trophy in front of our great fans at Arrowhead Stadium. 
with my mom on stage. Uh, that that setting, I, I will just, I'll never forget that moment uh, will be one of the most special of my entire life. So, so glad to get to do it again. Uh, thought about a lot about my dad uh, tonight. Uh, thought about, you know, my, my family and how excited my, my father would have been uh, that we got to do it again in Arrowhead. That's what he would have liked best about it. So Dusty, you heard the chief's owner there really feels like a journey versus expectation thing. 2019, the culmination of what we have been waiting for forever. 2020, man, this is expected now. I mean, get used to it. And that, that to me, I mean, if that doesn't get you going, and you can have whatever opinion you want to have of NFL owners and, 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 and whatever their life is like, but that is something that is, that is a, a, a man letting raw emotions out. Because I, I mentioned this. The way he banged that drum, man, it was like he had a, an attitude. He wanted to break it, man. Oh, man, he, he was serious. Drum, yeah. And like he said, I mean, you could, you know, I, I follow uh, uh, Gracie Hunt on Instagram, and she's always got some good insight on there with the Chiefs pregame, like huddles and like on the field stuff. So it's pretty interesting. And she had some video, and like, you know, he was thumbs up in it, and he was ready to go. And then Fired you hear up. the emotion in the voice where he's like, my mom was there. I'm thinking of my dad, and the game gets going. And then all of a sudden, like, he had his speech at the end of the game. And man, I, I've, been around some Clark Hunt interviews. That is the most passionate I've seen that man. And he did this last year, and it's like this year is even more passionate. Yeah, but he wants to play linebacker. I'm sure the Chiefs would, would try him out. I don't know. Patrick Mahomes at the podium as the team received the Lamar Hunt trophy. He muttered the words that the jobs was not finished. And this dates back to the late, great Kobe Bryant in 2009 when the Los Angeles Lakers – went up 2 nothing over the Orlando Magic. And Kobe Bryant, after the game, he wasn't smiling or anything. A reporter asked him, well, what's the deal? And he said, look, the job's not finished. Mahomes said the same words last night. And that was something I wanted to ask him about after the game. Kobe has the uh, one of the best mentalities of all time as far as a competitor going out there and, and, winning, and winning championships, not just winning games. And... Um, I take a lot from that, uh, going out there every single day and not being satisfied with where you're at. And uh, like I said, the job's not finished. When we went into the season, we weren't talking about going to the Super Bowl. We were talking about winning it again, and uh, we're trying to run it back. And we mean that, and I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity to go out there and play against a great football team and try to do that. So, Dusty, you hear Patrick Mahomes right there. It's just the beginning, and I, I felt this, and, and let me know if you did too, after the game, there just seemed like a little bit less – of a celebratory mood, then, and we, you know, this is one of the steps. Of course, they they got the hats, they get the t-shirt, they're excited. But last year, it felt like they really, really had accomplished something, and and it was great. And of course, there was something to do, but it felt like more of a celebration. This was, hey, this is just a step. Yeah, you talk about the hat, the t-shirt. You forget the other key item, the mask. Uh, this year, you get the the Chiefs mask if you wanted it. Um, and um. I think the best part about what you see there is that is that Kobe, that 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 Michael Jordan mentality that these are fun, but there's one more trophy that makes a little bit more sense instead of, um, you know, just the divisional trophy. And as soon as it's going to be like the Belichick handoff where they just give it away, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But uh, take, it, take it away. Yeah, there is a little bit of uh, of some breaking news here in the football world. Pete, you want to take it away? Yeah, Ian Rappaport. Of NFL Network. How about us getting breaking news at 525 a.m.? Ian Rapport of NFL Network. 
tweets out as Chiefs coach Andy Reid insinuated, uh, left tackle Eric Fisher tore his Achilles last night and faces a long road of recovery, the source said. Kansas City heads to another Super Bowl, but it will do so without its standout offensive lineman. Eric Fisher has shored up the left tackle position for the Chiefs for as long as you can remember. Draft pick in 2013, of course, and now they will be moving forward without him. You heard the the lack of air, the gasp out of of you, Dusty. What are you thinking right now? It's just tough because that's the one – I mean, obviously, the the one quarterback is the most important. But that was the one position on this team that they couldn't go with another injury with. The offensive line was already so slim. It was so narrowed down with injury. And now you've lost your blind side. Right. And everybody knows who we're getting ready to play. Everybody knows the Chiefs are getting ready to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs were hungry and, against the Packers, and too. And you saw what Shaq Barrett did against Aaron Rodgers in that game yesterday. And that is... I got it. You know, there's two weeks. They can get people tuned up, and, you know, Mahomes' toe will be a little bit better. You know, come the Super Bowl, you would assume. But it's just like, oh, boy, that's your left tackle. That's your blind side. That's your, you know, your number one overall pick from years back. And you kind of had that feeling when it happened. Right. And then he grabbed at it immediately. You're like, well, that's the Achilles he's grabbing at. And then you got the tweets during the game, and, the you know, everybody was going over there and supporting him, and you saw the emotionless face of Eric Fisher where you're like, Something's a little bit more serious and now just confirmed that Ian Rapport said it's a tear. A common question that we still get at Arrowhead Pride is what is the deal with Mitch Schwartz? Uh, people, you know, some people know, some people don't. He's on injured reserve right now. And the rumblings and everything that you've heard when it comes to Schwartz is that he's not going to be available this year. He is dealing with a back issue. It's been tender. This is something that us as reporters will ask them every once in a while, and the update is never something that is good for uh, 2020, it, it feels like. So I've kind of written off Schwartz. What the Chiefs did last night with Eric Fisher leaving the game is Mike Remmers moved from right tackle to left tackle, Andrew Wiley moved from right guard to right tackle, and Stefan Wisniewski entered the game at right guard. I got to imagine that that's the direction the Chiefs go in. I, I, I really think that that is going to be your, your starting five for the Super Bowl unless they decide to shake it up and, and try some different things this week. But the thing is, you need these guys to have reps. I mean, that's one of the bigger things about the offensive line is communication and, and chemistry. And, uh, man, it is, it is certainly a tough spot. The left tackle position is certainly the one you, you don't really want to lose. Without a doubt, it's a little bit of a – it's a little bit of a weathered storm that you have to get through. It's a little bit of a of a little bit of a hiccup in last night's victory and everything like that. Again, it's strictly business. There's more to go. They got to get to Tampa Bay and take care of business there. And this team always seems to be ready for the next man up. But uh, when we come back here on the Run It Back Show here on Six Ten Sports Radio with Pete Sweeney and myself, Dusty Likens, we give you what we thought was the game's biggest factors. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. RPO game, Allen looking left all the way, being pressured, fires it, and the pass is picked off. This could be advanced. It could be picked up for two if the Chiefs, but they get tackled from behind. The pick made by Brashad Breeland in the end zone. A gigantic, gigantic play. It keeps the lead for the Chiefs. At 17 points, a three-position lead, and a 
picked two-point try by Brashad Breeland. Back in, running back show, 610 Sports Radio, Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney. Another victory Monday. Another AFC championship. The Lamar Hunt Trophy doesn't go anywhere. It stays at One Arrowhead Drive. Just like myself and Pete Sweeney, we get to stay here from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Right. for another not one, not two, but three weeks, wow. Pete Sweeney. That's the biggest news of the day, isn't it? Should be. Yeah. I mean, that's that's good news. You don't you don't want to dwell over the Eric Fisher news for those of you that are just tuning in. Maybe you've just started your commute. Eric Fisher diagnosed with a torn Achilles. Done. Long road to recovery. In other words, it's happened you hate so, to see it. It's happened so late that you you even wonder on, on that one for next year. I mean, we don't have to get into the details of that today. But yeah, don't be a buzzkill, Pete. I'm not trying to be. When you look back at this game, Dusty, what was its biggest factor to you? I mean, I guess I'll start uh, with the obvious, and that is for three quarters. Let's stop real quick. Okay. Let's go back to last year's AFC Championship game. All right, thinking back, yeah. Yep. Tennessee Titans, and everybody was talking about how are you going to stop Derrick Henry, King Henry, the best running back the game has seen since Adrian Peterson. Mm. And he had 70-plus yards in the entire game. Then we switched to this year, and everybody said, how are you going to stop Stephon Diggs? <laughs> Hold my Miller High Life. They held Stephon Diggs to two catches for 12 freaking yards for three quarters. Now, he ended up having like 77 yards, and that's garbage time, and that's, you know, in the fourth quarter. But when the game mattered and the game was being played, it was like the same situation with Kareem Hunt. I wasn't sure Stephon Diggs made the flight. Two catches, 12 yards from the league's leading receiver, and it was like he was never there in the first half. And that was clearly an offensive uh, slump for the Bills. And this is why we talk about this, as we'll segue this into the next segment after we give your biggest factor. But this is why the Chiefs are better than you, and you know it. They took away Stephon Diggs. And Bills had nothing to show for it, and they couldn't do anything. And to me, Pete, my biggest factor in that game is holding Stephon Diggs to two catches for 12 yards and three out of four quarters in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, the Chiefs defense doesn't get a ton of credit, but they're a pretty strong unit, and it's just because they're always compared to this otherworldly offense. And to hold Diggs not only to 77 yards and, and the number that you said through three quarters in this game, but 46 yards in the regular season, that's two really good games against who was the league's top receiving wide receiver this year. He led the league with over 1,500 yards. So very, very impressive effort in the game that mattered most. I had a feeling of what were the Bills thinking in this game? Because the Chiefs don't get beat often. The starters were 24 of the last 25 coming into this game. And on occasion, you'll have teams that are in games. On occasion, the Chiefs will lose the football game. In all of those games... There's a commonality, and it is being daring, being aggressive, being willing to go for it on fourth down. You see early in this game where the Bills, they have the ball, fourth and three, at the 33, no score. You're in the Kansas City 33. You got to go for it on fourth and three. You need seven points as many times as you can. 
late in the second half. Rather than trying to score a touchdown, I believe it was fourth and two or fourth and goal at the two-yard line, rather than going for what was, okay, we need to get closer here, they kick a field goal to end the half. And so it goes from 21-9 to 21-12. That is nine points. That's two scores. I don't know what the thinking was. And then the same thing in the third quarter, where it's 24-12 to Chiefs because they opened the scoring in the second half, and you have fourth and short, and you're down by the goal line, and you kick another field goal, 24-15. to And then finally, the Chiefs wake up, and it was no longer a game. What were the Bills watching? Did they look at the formulas for being able to stick with this team? It includes being daring, and it includes going. You have to go for it against the Chiefs if you're going to stick with them. And by the time they got aggressive, which at the end of the game, I understand it's garbage time, but it looked a lot better than it did earlier in the game. It was just way, way, way too late. I think they played themselves. It's just, I talked about it yesterday, Pete, when you came in and helped us out. I say us because we're a team. We're the chemistry bros. That's what we've coined ourselves as now. We like to give you this type of conversation. But this is what I meant when I talked about this, and I can't emphasize this enough. This was the third consecutive year the Chiefs had played this game. Buffalo had never been in this game, and now all of a sudden, Buffalo was there, and they had no answer for the nerves. It was just like they were shook. As soon as they reacted to that fumble and came back, it was over. And I know McCole Harbin's not part of this next focus, but McCole Harbin fumbles the ball, gets the next pass thrown to him, then scores the touchdown, and it's over. Here's the thing that tells me about this Chiefs team, and this is why I tell people you just got to look out, Yeah. right? You have to look out for this. In the 90s, there was a trio that dominated the NFL, and it was Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, and Emmett Smith. There now is a new trio in the NFL, or as our guy Sterling told us, the triplets. <laughs> There's your shout-out, my guy. But it's Hill, it's Kelsey, and it's Mahomes. Right. And in last night's game, here's what those three guys did in the biggest game. Tyreek Hill, 9 for 172 with a 71-yard run. Almost had a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, 8 for 113, two touchdowns. And the prince of this city, 29 of 38, 325, three touchdowns. All three could be and should be and most likely will be Hall of Famers, and this is just the start of this trio or the dynamic trio that I have coined them with Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. Yeah, what's amazing, I think, about that is their age right now because Travis Kelsey just had the greatest year of his career, and he's the oldest of what would be the triplet. He's 31, but we've seen a tendency right here in Kansas City of tight ends being able to still be productive after the age of 30. I've talked to Travis Kelsey before, and he straight up has said, I want to play forever. He's one of these guys that is going to have to be pushed out because he loves it so much. So he isn't going anywhere. He continues to work on his body in the offseason. I think he's still going to be the guy for Kansas City. I'm eager to see when Brett Veach drafts that next guy, but he doesn't necessarily need to right now, which is a great thing. Tyree Kill's 26. Patrick Mahomes is 25. Man, Mahomes and Hill, they haven't even reached what would be your prime in the NFL. We know that Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Famer. We know that Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Tyree Kill is right there. So I think you 
hit it on the head. This may be the new triplet to watch in what will be the Roaring Twenties. Pete, let's get to this next segment. It's pretty simple. It's called By the Numbers. All right. I thought this was interesting because when you talk about how Mahomes can be the Jordan of the NFL, my man. Yeah. You got to have stats to back it up. <laughs> and boy, do we. You have some? Oh, oh, I got some. Oh, easy. I hope you're sitting down because you won't be able to stand up after you hear these numbers for at least four minutes. And if it's longer than that, call your doctor. Patrick Mahomes in AFC Championship Games by the number. 68 of 104. 914 yards. Nine touchdowns. Zero interceptions. Not bad. This is where you see the Jordan-like hype. It's simply special. He's 6-1 and one in the playoffs. He's got a Super Bowl. He's got a Super Bowl MVP. And now he's playing in his second Super Bowl in three years. Back-to-back years for Patrick Mahomes. And he gets to go up against, what do you call the GOAT? And now he gets to come over and try to take over the torch yet again in his new backyard and his retirement home. Patrick Mahomes, 68 of 104, 914, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, six and one in the playoffs. The GOAT versus the baby GOAT coming up in, in Super Bowl 55. I'm going to continue this trend with by the numbers, some numbers that you could share with your friends at the water cooler today. Do they have water coolers in COVID? Yeah, you just have to social distance. Yeah, one one at a time, and when you share these stats, make sure you're six feet away. Yeah. All right, Patrick Mahomes with three touchdown passes in Sunday night's game. Mahomes passed Russell Wilson, who had 16, for the most postseason passing touchdowns by a player in his four, first four seasons in NFL history. The ranking now goes Mahomes with 17, then Wilson, Warner, Marino, and Big Ben. So the best start to a career for, at the quarterback position in NFL history continues with postseason stats. Talked about the trio. I have some statistics on the other two members of this. Travis Kelsey is now chasing, officially chasing, Rob Gronkowski in both postseason touchdowns and yardage. Kelsey has nine postseason touchdowns. Gronk has 12, so I I expect him to break that in the coming years unless he has a really fantastic Super Bowl right up against him. He's a member of the Bucs. And then Kelsey has 859 yards to Gronk's 1206. So those are both um, statistics that could go down in in the coming years. And then finally... Tyree kills 172 yards against the Buffalo Bills is the best ever for a chief in a postseason game. The last was Bo's 150, Dwayne Bo, 150 versus Indianapolis in 2014. So some statistics and by the numbers on what is a fantastic trio for Kansas City. That's all good news. You love to see those numbers and you love to see the age That's next to him as well, Pete. But unfortunately, when we come back, we've got to go through the injuries and what they mean for this Chiefs team here on the Run It Back Show with Pete Sweeney and myself, Dusty Likens, on 610 Sports Radio. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Therese Paler with Fesco in the morning. Thursdays at 8.30, 610 Sports Radio. Mahomes, Hardman, making the ghost action. They're going to run a float pass. This side, touchdown! Mm. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, 
a 17th career postseason touchdown pass, the most in NFL history in a player's first four seasons, finding Kelsey wide open, and it's human pyrotechnics dressed in red, white, and gold. I mean, I don't know how you don't get going after that. Speaking of getting going, Pete, you want to get the people going, what they can listen to today on 610 Sports Radio? Great day to be a Kansas City and great day to be a Chiefs fan. Please keep it locked in at 610 Sports Radio. Coming up after us, it's Fesco in the morning, Derek Johnson at 730, Dane and Hughes at 830, Cody and Gold, Bill Moss at 11 a.m., Andy Reid right here exclusively on 610 Sports Radio at noon. On the drive, it's Patrick Mahomes for an exclusive two-in-one. Two on one at two fifteen p.m. So keep it locked in six ten sports radio. All of the reaction that you need to this Chiefs' second straight AFC title win. Well, Pete, Chris Jones had the tweet last night. Said praying for all my brothers that didn't make it out healthy. Mm. Unfortunately, there is a, there is a little bit of a gray, cloudy sky over this game as there was a couple of injuries one of which probably won't affect the Super Bowl. One absolutely will, as uh, Ian Rapport tweets this morning. Uh, the worst was confirmed with Eric Fisher and the Achilles, and then obviously you have Legereus Sneed, uh, who is in concussion protocol, most likely moving forward, right? Yeah, you, you feel okay about the two weeks that Andy Reid has to figure this out, but Eric Fisher has been a key, key player for the Chiefs. When he plays, the Chiefs don't lose a lot in the last two years and to now not have him with the Achilles. And again, you worry a little bit about next year, but Chiefs will have, again, the two weeks to figure it out. Mike Remmers has played a lot of games in this league. They'll get Andrew Wiley. If that's the choice they go with uh, at right tackle, ready to go Wisniewski played in the Super Bowl last year. Nick Allegretti has looked good. So you feel okay about it. Legere Sneed and Armani Watts, a special teams player. They both are, in the concussion protocol, so we know, and they have two weeks to recover from that, similar to what you saw with Bashad Breeland and Patrick Mahomes this week to try to get out of that. Uh, the extra week certainly helps with that. You'd be a little bit more concerned had there not been that extra gap between now and the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of the Super Bowl, there's uh, you know there's some storylines that that become a little bit more uh, clear as we get into this is. Uh, Andy Reid and Mahomes and Frank Clark had some stuff to say about uh, who they're going to be facing in Tampa Bay. Yeah, man, the, it's the obvious, right? As you start to think about this game instantly, you think about Patrick Mahomes and, and Tom Brady. And there's what Andy Reid had to say about that matchup. Yeah, I mean, it seems like we've had a couple of those, and every one of them is tremendous. And and I wouldn't expect this to be any different. They got a, they got a tremendous team there. So I mean, those two have a lot of respect for each other. You remember when Tom came into the locker room, after the championship game and talked to Patrick and Patrick uh, responded like, you know, a young, young guy would respond to the goat. And, and so, um, you know, we, we look forward to the opportunity to play them. And I, I know Pat does with Tom and likewise, Tom, I'm sure does, uh, uh, you know, with Pat. So it'll, it'll be, should be a heck of a football game. And don't forget after that 2018 AFC title, Brady, seeking out Mahomes to give him some advice, said that he would be back in games like this. I don't even know if Tom Brady realized that Patrick Mahomes would be to three straight. Here was Mahomes on the matchup. Yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. Uh, being able to go up against one of the one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time in his 
150th Super Bowl. I mean, it's going to be a great experience for me. I mean, to, to go out there and get to get, have a chance to repeat and get to do it against the best. I mean, it's uh, it's something special, and I'm excited for the opportunity. Frank Clark's message, a little bit more simple, when asked what his message was for Brady. Um, nah. I ain't got nothing to say to him. I'll see his ass on Sunday in the Super Bowl. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> From the mink coat to that comment, Frank does it for me. I get it. People have their opinions of Frank Clark, but, man, that guy is just gold. If, if you didn't hear him, he said that he would see Brady's ass in the Super Bowl just like the entire Chiefs team will. I'm excited for this matchup. I try to to, to – Think about the next 15, 20 years. You got to think Brady goes another year or two. I don't know if he's going to play football past 45, but I mean, who knows at this point? But assuming that, this really feels like the biggest matchup these two are ever going to have. And then if you fast forward 15 years, if Mahomes, Mahomes does what we think he's going to do over the course of his career, and he has the ability to stay healthy, this will always be a game that people dial up and look at and see who won. It's 2-2. This is the fifth game. This is the rubber match. And as awesome as this could possibly be, you would have never thought that this would be possible before last year and everything that happened in New England. But Tom Brady is in one conference. Patrick Mahomes is in the the other. And the winner gets the Lombardi Trophy, baby. It's great because... It writes itself, doesn't it? I mean, going especially towards you, the chief editor of Arrowhead Pride. Uh, it's, it's, it's you just simple. have a pool of already topics that you just pull from. You got Gronk versus Brady, or Gronk versus uh, Kelsey. You have Hill and Evans and Godwin. Godwin's a free agent. If he wants to, he can come over to Kansas City if he'd like and take a pay cut and right. go win another Super Bowl. Durant. Uh, if he'd like, you know, there you go. Um, do the Chiefs become more hated if they win? Patrick yes. Mahomes, uh, for sure. And you even have the NBA chiming in. I mean, I think it was Damian Lillard was was talking about how he says Pat Mahomes is Steph Curry. I mean, this Chiefs team versus this Tampa Bay team is a rematch of when Tyreek Hill absolutely torched him when he went seven targets, seven catches, 206 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, by the way, that was in one quarter. So Tom versus Patrick, Gronk versus Kelsey, and we've got to wait an entire two weeks before this game starts. Yeah, and really quickly, I mean, you saw the emotions at the end of this Chiefs and Bills game. If you go back to the regular season game between the Chiefs and the Bucks, toward the end, it was pretty clear that the Chiefs defensive line did not like what the Bucks were doing to Patrick Mahomes. And Frank Clark made sure that Tom Brady felt a little bit. And Brady was barking, and Clark was barking back. And so there's a little bit of bad blood and that nastiness you would like to see between two Super Bowl teams already built into this, which I like. You just like it because, I mean, you get Tom Brady, you get Patrick Mahomes, you get a team that's already played each other, and uh, it's the first time ever that a team has played a Super Bowl in their own hometown. And now you get Patrick Mahomes to go out there and just try to spoil somebody else's party, Pete. So... You know, we'll be here tomorrow morning, man, (laughs) 5 a.m. We'll do this another three weeks, Pete. Uh, You got a busy day ahead of you. You got to get some sleep, my man. We we got a busy day. Again, Andy Reid coming up at noon. We're excited for that. Andy Reid at noon. Patrick Mahomes, 215 on the drive with Carrington Harrison and Sean Levine. Coming up next, the guys from Fesco in the morning. You know Wachowski's cooking something up. He's been in that studio the whole time, and now he just walked (laughs) in here, and boy, is he hungry. I can smell it. Here on 610 Sports Video, it's Kling, it's Fesco, it's Wachowski. 
610 Sports Radio. Thanks for listening on a Victory Monday. Chiefs of the AFC West champions, AFC champions, and headed to Tampa Bay for another Super Bowl here on the Run It Back Show with Dusty Liggett's Pete Sweeney on 610 Sports Radio. Be easy, Kansas City. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.